You're listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. As a company, we certify the world's best business coaches. And on this podcast, we teach you everything you need to know to grow a business. But I have to say, just by tuning in, you're already taking steps to becoming a value-driven professional, or as we like to say, a VDP. So hello, VDPs. We're continuing our series on how your business is like an airplane with part two, the cockpit. This is producer Bobby Richards, and a quick disclaimer, if you haven't already, take a listen to part one, where our hosts Donald Miller and co-hosts Dr. J.J. Peterson and Kula Callahan break down each section of an airplane and then discuss how those pieces work together and correspond with your business. Or be spontaneous, jump right into the cockpit. I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty sure that's not the safest way to fly a plane, but you do you. In this episode, the trio, Don, JJ, and Kula, talk leadership and makes a bunch of fun metaphors, like who's piloting your plane or who's running your business? Do they have a destination or rather do they have an end goal? And are all your navigational instruments tuned in to ensure a safe takeoff, flight, and landing? Or in other words, do you have the tools and systems in place to effectively communicate with your team? Charles Koch is also on board. That's right, today he's flying commercial. And he talks to Don about how he implements change to stabilize and keep on course within his companies. Well, we're about to reach our cruising altitude, so sit back, relax, and thanks again for choosing Business Made Simple. Cool, JJ. We are talking about the cockpit. We're talking about the leadership of the company. And it matters who sits in the cockpit of the company because it decides a lot of things, where the airplane is going, where the business is going, when it's going to get there, how it's going to get there, and whether or not, most importantly, it's going to get there safely. That is, is it going to crash or not? And if you don't cover all of that stuff, if your leaders don't sit down for some sort of 48-hour or four-week immersion into the philosophy of the company, if you don't have things that you need leaders to understand, you're probably a small company, which is fine. But if you want to get bigger, you've got to install some sort of philosophy and a series of frameworks into that leadership team. And I'm talking about middle management up, not right. just not just the C-suite. Yeah, I think a mistake a lot of companies make is that they just assume that leaders come around and people think of leaders as just inspirational personalities. People, personalities, yeah, who, you know, deliver cookies to their staff's desk before work and say inspirational things when people leave the office every Friday. But what a lot of people don't understand and what I love about how we teach leadership is that these leaders have to understand the frameworks and they have to develop a plan based on proven frameworks and execute them and execute them. Well, you know, I, I really resisted this, you guys, when when you know, when I was young five years ago, <laughs> <laughs> when we started this company, because I'm an artist, I'm um, intuitive and and I, I do shoot from the hip quite a bit. And I didn't like the idea of, no, let's make duplicatable frameworks mm-hmm. so that that responsibilities could be passed from one person to the other. Until I realized this is going to cap our growth. They have, you have to be able to pass these things uh, down and off. And, and we started implementing some frameworks at our company. And I remember being shocked that there, there was a season where all of a sudden I would say, I would pass something off to somebody. A, a month later, we'd come back and somebody had run with something. And I thought, here we go. I'm going to have to rein them in. I'm going to have to, you know, here we go. They went the wrong. And they didn't. <laughs> like, wait a second. I think I just duplicated myself in some ways. Yeah. 
And that's what a lot of people listening to this podcast are afraid to do. Yeah. One of the most valuable things that Tim Schur, who works with us, told me, it was right when I started working for StoryBrand at the time, he said, you can either have growth or control. You can't have both. Mm. And I, too, when you know people come into my department and take over some of my responsibilities, I have a really tight grip over certain things just because I'm super controlling about what goes out of our door. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Dang, Dang. That's so rude. That I mean, so you are our boss. It's because I want to protect our brand so much uh-huh. it is, yeah, yeah. but uh-huh. it's so true you don't realize it and it is risky and kind of intimidating to hand off that um execution power if you will right. but really i mean but I, if you've if you've clearly said you know we're going to detroit we've got to be there by three we're going to yep. come in at thirty thousand feet and here's the plan it's in the book you've gone through the checklist you can hand off power. Totally. Yeah. You yes. can go back and get a cup of coffee from the flight attendant and <laughs> yeah. talk to the passengers in first class, and the plane's going to go where you need it to go. And you can do that because you're able to rely on these proven frameworks and processes that just work. In the business made simple ethos, as we teach people to grow companies, everything they need to know to grow a company, we actually have seven major areas that we think your entire leadership team should understand. Yeah. And the first is... Interesting. It's personal life plan. Yes. Not not mission statement guiding principles. That's second. It's personal life plan. And we have a personal life plan curriculum and uh, we have it on our platform. And not only that, but all of our certified coaches are able to teach it. If you if you want a workshop, just go to hirecoach.com and hire somebody to teach a workshop to your entire thousands of employees. It's important. And I learned this from Kurt Richardson, a friend of mine who started a company called Otterbox. And that company made billions and Kurt went and bought a bunch of other companies. And he would not let anybody run one of his companies unless they had spent two days creating their personal life plan. And I asked him why. And he said, because if the passion of the leader is not activated, implemented, executed through the mission of the organization, it's going to lose money. It's probably going to lose money. And I thought that was fascinating. You recently created your life plan. You've, yes. done, you've done it in the past. I've done it yeah. multiple times because this is, I mean, I would probably say that's about every one of these. I would say it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really are. They, they're all, I love them for different reasons. But I love starting with this one because what it does is it takes you through the process of focusing on what's important, both right. in your personal life and your career, and then helps you organize your day in a way that gets those things accomplished. Yeah. Right. So it offers a sense of, of purpose and meaning, which I think everybody is looking for, but it grounds it in basically focusing on who you want to do life with and what what you want to accomplish. Not only that, but when you when you hire a leader and they do their life plan, you actually sit down and you can go through their life plan with them. It does two things. It's a bonding experience. Yes. Because it's very heartfelt. It's a little vulnerable because you're talking about your goals and your dreams and your vision for life because you actually establish your life plan, you establish your 10-year vision, your five-year vision, your one-year yeah. vision, and you're, set goals. And you're answering the question, are we, going, are we going the same direction? Yes. Cool. And the next thing is helping them come up with a mission statement and guiding principles. That's right. And, and so now we're into the company. We're talking about where the company is going. And why do you think that's important? It's so funny to me because a lot of times when people start a company, this is the first thing they start with is their mission statement. And usually it is horrific. It is terrible. It's so bad. It lacks the very thing that a mission statement is supposed to contain, which is a mission, right? It's super <laughs> elusive and vague. It kind of just reads like a they just 
read the thesaurus and replaced every word that they were trying to say. So like it was it written by really lawyers <laughs> and inspirational. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of garbage and it actually doesn't motivate or activate anybody to want to do anything. Here's a formula. If you get, grab a napkin and, and write this down, uh, we will accomplish X by X because of X. That's a good mission statement. That's right. We will accomplish X by X because of X. Ours is we will have 250,000 people in our online platform by 2025 because everybody deserves a life-changing business education. You know, that, that's a big chunk of our mission statement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if, in other words, we're going here and we're going to do it because the stakes are high and we're going to do it by this time. That puts, basically frames the mission as a story people can live into. Yeah. That's right. And it has stakes. Rather than we will increase shareholder value because, <laughs> you know, there's, actually there's never Inspire a because in a mission statement. Inspire people to live their best life. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing with the mission statement framework that we teach is that it's important for you not only to have a mission statement, but an entire set of guiding principles. These guiding principles include uh, pieces like critical action. So what does everybody on your team need to do each day in order mm. to ensure your goals are accomplished? Um, things like key characteristics. So what are the, what are, what is the type of person that works here? like I um, mean not just you know they're kind they're honest they're smart right because those are kind but, of just but specifically like are right, they right, good right. coders yeah uh, if you have a, a pet kennel do they love dogs right, you know right. just totally. stuff like that yeah. we really want to not now let me go wait who you know, ours are advocate-minded. We, we right. want people who are advocate-minded. That's right. Yeah. And so when you get really clear around those things, not only does it align your whole team around the vision of where your company is going, but it also helps you recruit great talent and create a team who is all on the same plane going to the same destination and excited about getting there, right? And so your mission statement and set of guiding principles um, serves as a recruitment tool to get other people on your team, but also to continue to motivate and engage the people that are on your team. If they right. wake up every day and they aren't really encouraged by or inspired by where you have decided your company is going, then they're going to burn out really easily. Yeah. Yeah. And it's for that reason that I always say that is my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I always say that. You well, you know. say that, but you, you know, know, but you know what the third one is? What's that? It's the digital dashboard. My absolute favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody refreshes the digital dashboard more than me, it's probably you, <laughs> it is, it All right, if I was going to simplify marketing into two things, I would say it should be easy and it should work, which unfortunately for many businesses is not the case. However, it is something every one of our StoryBrand certified marketing guides believes in, holds true, and most importantly, can implement in your business. But wait, hold on a second. Did you know that we had people who could specifically help you with your marketing? Well, why am I talking when I can let the guides say it for themselves? What I like most about being a guide. I could talk for the next 87 hours about all the things that StoryBrand means to me. I love the framework it gives me something more than just my intuition to go on, right? For so many years, I did marketing based on intuition. As an INTJ, that's not a great spot to be. <laughs> I don't think there'll ever be a day when I'm not grateful for the transformation in my approach to learning and leading that, you know, all the guides have given me and StoryBrand, of course. Most entrepreneurs, they, I mean, it's all about being a self-starter, being self-made. And it's unfortunately fortunate that you got to build a business in many instances by yourself, unless you are a StoryBrand guide. Your story brain guides, you don't have to build your business by yourself. And I think that's just like the best 
thing ever. At Business Made Simple, we have the best marketers in the world. And if you're a marketer and want to join this awesome community, apply now at storybrand.com guide. Or if you need help with your marketing and clarifying your message, you can hire one of our guides. Just go to marketingmadesimple.com and make sure to keep an ear out for more great marketing advice from our guides on the Business Made Simple podcast. That's this podcast, if you were wondering. Because if you like making more money, it's totally going to be up your alley. The third thing then is the digital dashboard. And, and basically, you know, the, the pilots sit there and they, they're reading all these instruments. And if you don't have the instruments to read, you don't know if you're flying upside down, you don't know if you're running out of gas, you don't know what altitude you're at, and you need them. So most of us have digital dashboards, probably. It's a, it's a phase of the company. If you don't, do that. Because it was about five years ago we had our first dashboard. It's evolved, and it's pretty, it's pretty complicated. Now it basically looks like the <laughs> inside of an airplane. But uh, that first is changed everything. Because it, it, it does a lot of things, but it also gamifies the process of business, of doing business. Yeah. Where you refresh it, gosh, we you know, we made more yesterday than we did today. <laughs> and that bothers me. I think I'm gonna make a sales call. Right. And and so that's really neat. Everybody wonders, okay, if I don't have a dashboard, what do I need to include? Well, let me give you four things. One is revenue. Revenue measures the thrust of the airplane moving forward, not the altitude. Revenue measures the thrust. How fast are we moving forward? which can contribute to altitude, but it doesn't mean altitude. Altitude is the second thing that you've got to have to have dashboard tell you, and that's profit. So you need to know what your profit is, and you need a dashboard telling you whether or not you're moving up in profit, high in altitude, or down in profit, right? Down in altitude. And then profit per team member. And you say, oh, Don, now you're getting so complicated. That's just such high level algebra, you know, no, it, it's profit divided by employees. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. And you really want that. That's probably a little more of an annual equation, but you want to analyze it every year. And what that number represents in terms of the airplane metaphor is miles per gallon. Mm-hmm. How, how fuel efficient is this organization? And then fourth is leads. And that is what is the potential revenue for this company if we convert leads to sales? You know, if we get 100 emails or if we get 100 leads, we can convert three of them. So if we have 10,000 leads, we know we've got, whatever, 300 potential clients in the future. I see leads like, you ever seen those videos of the plane that refuels the other plane? They kind of back up (laughs) and that hose comes out the back. It's amazing. I see leads like that. It doesn't mean that fuel is on board, Yeah. but there is a plane flying in front of you that has some fuel and with a little work, we can get that fuel on board. Those four numbers will guide a company. Those four numbers. Now, we, we look at 30 or 40. You know, It gets more complicated. We get leads per lead generator, revenue per, per product, and revenue per demographic. You know, we, we look at those numbers, and that, those, get, those get a little more complicated. But if you don't have a dashboard, that would be the, the place to start. So that's the third thing that needs to be in the, the leadership equation is the dashboard. All right, so now that we've got everybody has their personal mission, everybody understands the mission of the organization, and we can measure the success and the health of the organization, we get into actually helping the organization grow and increase its impact. And Kula, you and me and JJ taught a course called 
communication made simple. Why do you think it's important? Well, either of you, why do you think it's important that everybody in your leadership team become great communicators? Well, really, if you don't know how to communicate in such a way that engages the right audience, your ideas really never get legs. So nobody understands you. You aren't inspiring to anyone and you aren't able to affect change in the way that you need to affect change in order to achieve your mission and your vision. Mm -hmm. And so communication is a skill that everyone can develop, right? And it is very formulaic. There are talking points that you have to follow whenever you give a speech, record a video, or write an email. And if you break those rules and venture away from those talking points, then you're confusing and you don't inspire change and you aren't an inspirational leader that people want to follow. I look at it, everybody, we've all had the experience where we've had headphones on. And if there was a frayed wire or something, uh, there'd be static on the line. You couldn't hear the music or whatever. That's what bad communication is. Mm-hmm. When you have leaders who don't understand that before they implement a strategy, before they go public, before they share their ideas, before they launch a product, before they acquire a new company, they have to actually sit down and clarify the message that they're going to disseminate to the world. What you have is a frayed wire. And people say, I didn't hear that part. They heard part of it. It's because they weren't being communicated clearly. So you can have the most talented leaders in the world. And if they can't speak, if they can't write an email, if they can't create a corporate video, if they can't create a press release, uh, if they can't run a social media campaign, forget it. Yeah. It's sad because they're not remembered. They're immediately ignored, right? Because yeah. it's not interesting and it doesn't make sense. And so people just forget about well, their and leaders. The other thing too is it, it might be a great speech might be developed by the leader of the company. And then another team develops a way to roll that speech out or that plan out to people. Yeah. And they they're actually end up being competing messages. Yeah. And the reality is when you... Est- establish a clear communication plan you want to repeat the same talking points in every piece right. that you put out there for the we public we say in communication made simple every communication campaign is an exercise in memorization yes your your the point is to get the audience to memorize your talking points and you repeat them in the same language over and over and that's how you you get those wires so they're not frayed so people can actually hear what you're trying to say yeah and i'm telling you Subpar leaders yes. who are great communicators will smoke you. Next is managing talent. And this one was this one was sort of introduced to me really when Doug Kime came into our company. We, he came over from Cox Communications, a bunch of other successful stuff. He really helped us manage talent. And basically it was it was making sure everybody knew what they were supposed to be doing, okay? But not only that, reminding them every week, equipping them and then encouraging them. We say it every day. We only hire rock stars. I mean, that's it. We hire rock stars and we turn them into better rock stars. And that's all talent management. If you don't have a talent management system and process, that includes recruiting, interviewing, and it even goes into management and execution, which we will cover later, uh, you're going to end up with a team full of people who really shouldn't be there. And then what we do as a company, of course, we're going to plant this in here, is you got to develop your team. Yeah. So talent development is different than talent management. Now, the problem is it is hard. You know, if you ever, if you wanted to learn about management, you got to go to Ken Blanchard in San Diego. If you want to learn about how to have great conversations, you go to Vital Smarts and Crucial Conversations. If you want to learn about leading teams, you go over to Patrick Lencioni. It, it's an antiquated system. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that Business Made Simple does, we brought it all in-house and we turned it into the MBA program that your company can actually implement inside Starts for $20 a person. You just go buy them the Business Made Simple book, hand it to them, and then watch what happens. Yeah. Watch what happens. They'll dive as deep as they want. They may get the online courses. 
They may hire a coach. They go dive as deep as they want. Finally, the seventh thing is we need to install a management and execution system. So we, we've gone through iterations of this over the years. How do we just- It's been w- slightly painful. It times. has been slightly <laughs> painful. It's been slightly painful. JJ, you were chief of staff at a time running our execution. And, and part of the problem was we were growing so quickly that the second you were in charge of keeping somebody weekly accountable for something, their job description changed, changed. in two weeks. Yeah. So it's just, it's just impossible. But we finally grew enough as a company. Basically, you know, we, and we, we brought in Doug Kime, and he started running an execution system that we just call Management and Execution Made Simple. It's a future course on the platform that we're going to be releasing. And everything changed and got better. The, one of the main things that changed wasn't just productivity and the numbers and the profit and all that stuff. One of the main things that changed was morale. We just became happier people. Yeah, well, I think it's because the system that we've implemented offers so much clarity to each individual team member so they know exactly what they have to do every single day in order to contribute to our mission, in order to achieve our goals, and honestly, in order to get a bonus at the end of the year because right. we've also installed. Because the bonus is, is a part of that. A compensation package is part of your execution and management system. Right. And, you know, it was kind of squishy at first. I didn't really, I couldn't put a finger on why there was kind of this sort of almost fog a little bit um, over everybody who we worked with. And then when people got that clarity around their role and their job, and it took time because when we were really small, everybody was doing everything, right? So you got to have to kind of have to implement it at the right time. But when everybody found that clarity, it's just like the fog lifted and we all know what we're supposed to do and we're doing it together. And it's just right. so much fun. It is so fun because you're not worried about, am I doing it right? right am I supposed totally. to, am I meeting yes. expectations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I? All, that has to be implemented too. And, and essentially, I'll give you a little summary. It's a series of meetings. There's stand-up meetings. There's speed checks. There's department head meetings. Each meeting basically has a worksheet. And that worksheet has to be filled out before that meeting. And what, what happens is everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And they know what their priorities are. And the fog of business doesn't creep in. Or actually, it does creep in. And these worksheets and meetings keep it away. That's what has to go into your cockpit. And if you have not installed a personal life plan, mission statement and guiding principles, a digital dashboard, a communication playbook, a talent management system, a talent development system, and a management and execution system, there's your checklist. That's your to-do list for 2021. Implement that stuff. We have the tools to help you do it, of course, at Business Made Simple. All our online courses are at businessmadesimple.com. So I'm grateful to be flying this plane with you guys. And uh, I'm also grateful to turn around and tell these hundreds of thousands of people out there, here's, here's how you fly an airplane. Flying an airplane is super, super easy if you're willing to crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, yes. it's not so easy if you want to stay in the air. Well, as a surprise for you guys, we actually brought in somebody who's flown a few airplanes. Uh, his name is Charles Koch, <laughs> and uh, they have a great history of of buying and selling companies and turning around companies. And I actually had two days worth of conversations with Charles Koch on Zoom calls. And at one point, uh, Bobby and I just turned on the recorder and I asked him a question. And the question was, you know, what do you do? What do you install in the cockpit when you take over a company? You're going to love Charles Koch's answer. Charles Koch, you have bought a bunch of companies, and you bought them like a person buying a rundown house, flipping it, <laughs> putting it back on the market. You walk into the boardroom of a company that you just bought. What are you looking to do? What sort of transformation do you want to see, and how do you make it happen? 
Well, we're we're looking to apply the 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 principles of human progress in that company, and and what that the way we do that is we've we've organized codified these 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 principles of human progress into our management framework, which we call market-based management. And it has five dimensions, vision, virtue and talents, knowledge process, decision rights and incentives. The principles of human progress are packed into those. We find that when we get all five of those working in harmony in a mutually reinforcing way, it's tremendously powerful and it enables us to create these virtuous cycles of mutual benefit. With each business, we first look at, and with each individual, what capabilities do we have that we can create value for our constituencies, which starts with our, our, our customers, but it goes beyond that. It of course involves employees, it involves our suppliers, our communities and society as a whole. So we look at what we can do to create value for, for all of those, of course, starting with our customers. And, and then we continually transform ourselves, find better opportunities, uh, build new capabilities, which leads to, new, to additional opportunities, which leads to the need for new capabilities and so on in a never-ending never process of improvement growth and contribution. I'd love to I'd love to hear an example. Our biggest acquisition which was Georgia Pacific. I've heard of them. And uh, <laughs> and what we found there is talk about the five dimensions. We had to make major changes in in all five. For example, their vision was to be a low-cost upgrader of southern pine. And well, that doesn't exactly fit our model of creating value for others and innovating. But so the implications of that is they didn't want any innovation because innovation is costly and that'll raise your cost. It also had implications for safety because all the employees then were taught, God, you got to keep all the machines running. If you, if you have a problem, you have to shut them down. That's going to raise our costs and we won't be the lowest. I mean, and they didn't do it on purpose, but employees to save their jobs would crawl in the machines. These paper machines are gigantic mm -hmm. well, while they were malfunctioning and the people were getting killed and injured. Then to, to keep this low cost, then they had everything on budgets, which were top down. So, so everybody was told what to do and more or less how to do it. And the symbol of this was that they have a, an office building in Atlanta, 51 stories, and all the top management was on the 51st floor. And there was a private elevator to get up there. <laughs> and and the, the dress for the company was casual, business casual, but uh, the top management had coats and ties. And you had, when you were invited up there, you had to be invited up to see any of the top managers you had to put on a coat and tie and come up. And that isn't going to, and then they didn't want any challenges. You just come up here and we'll tell you what to do and you go back and do it. And of course our philosophy is to challenge everything. We want your ideas. We want your, you're, you're doing the work. You know where the problems are and how we can do better. We don't. So we ripped out the whole 51st floor. <laughs> 
And, and those who of the top leaders who stayed with us, they went down to work with their people. And we turned the, the 51st floor into conference rooms open to anybody who reserved them. Mm. And what happened? What happened with the bottom line? What happened with the, the share price and the stock price and all that? What happened? Well, the stock price, we, we owned it. So we're private. We don't have a stock price, mercifully, because that gets people focused on the wrong thing, on short term rather than long term. But it's been great. So the number one job of every supervisor at every level is to help their, peop- their people self-actualize. And why? This isn't some noble gesture, although it's mutually beneficial. It enables the employee to be successful and have meaning in their lives, but it also means the company then gets the full benefit of each employee's ideas, ability, and knowledge. Well, sure, if every person is self-actualized, it's a team of rock stars. I am so thrilled. Now you ask, why, how do you know Bottom Up works? I'm seeing it every day now. Thanks again to Charles Koch for talking with us. And if you want to dive deeper into more stories from Charles on growth, success, and how it all starts with a belief in people, pick up his new book that he wrote with Brian Hooks, Believe in People, Bottom Up Solutions for a Top-Down World. Going back to the conversation, remember Charles talking about the Georgia Pacific meeting where he told executives, there's a new sheriff in town, or I guess I guess if we're sticking with the show's theme, it'd be more like, there's a new air marshal in town. I don't know if that one worked. You get the point. But would you believe that Business Made Simple's very own president, Doug Keim, worked at Georgia Pacific during this acquisition and was in the room when this all went down? Well, Don talked to Doug about his firsthand experience and just from the get-go, you'll be surprised how things started off. Just for curiosity, like you're, you're sitting there, does he walk in? Was he on a throne? Do they carry him in? How does that work? Yeah, there, there, there was this massive entourage of <laughs> zero people. I mean, it was amazing. He, he walked in, he, he wasn't dressed in any fancy clothes. And the meeting started with him with a, a, a small piece of paper and a pencil and he said, before we get started, I'd like to know what you'd like for lunch. Really? And he took the order? He took the order. And then, you know, it was uh, that that's how we got started. And then he, he showed uh, just a couple slides. One slide was the returns of the S&P 500 over the last 20 or 30 years. And he showed, you know, this is nice progression. Now I want to show you the kind of value that we've created in our organization and it, it was astronomical. And he said, we're going to, now I'm going to just teach you over the next 24 hours how we did that and show you how to really run a business. That's, I mean, just those opening moves are entirely disarming. It, it, by taking the orders for lunch, he's saying, I'm there to serve, I'm here to serve. Then by saying, look, here's what normal business is and it's good. And here's what, what we've been able to do which is massive. And then he said, I'm going to teach you this. And every, all eight people in the room have to be sitting there going, by the time I'm done learning from this guy, I'm going to be infinitely more valuable as a professional on the open market. So you are glued in rather than top down. Everybody's going to do what I say. Here's how it's going to go my way or the highway. Did you sense that that's what he was doing? Or, or at least did you respond and say, this is, I can't believe I get to be in the room for this. Yeah, I, I it, it was probably the, you know, the single biggest honor of my career. Basically what he was inviting us into was 
here's an insider guide to creating extreme value. What was he saying that you guys needed to do? You know, he talked about things like opportunity cost and taught about that and, you know, creative disruption, how you use, you know, innovative thinking and disrupt what you're doing to go stand on the shoulders of, of the success that you enjoyed so you could drive you know, more value for the company. You've heard me talk about this one, Don, before the decision-making framework that he taught us so that it improved all our economic decision-making. So he had a, a very systematic way for us to place bets that, that really paid off. You know, Don, I remember, remember walking away and, and, and getting in my car after that first day and, and saying, Mr. Koch just taught me that success is not a happy accident that it's intentional. He really taught me how to be an investor rather than a spender. I just, I tap many of those lessons every day. Success is not a happy accident. You know, you throw a bunch of pilots into a cockpit without a plan. And uh, one, the plane's probably not gonna get off the ground. If it does, it's probably gonna crash somewhere. And if it, if it has no fuel and it flies, who knows where that thing's going to end up? Well, what an honor to to have been in that room, and what an honor to have you at our company after having been in that room so many years ago and and having uh, executed on so much of that. The the point of this episode, Doug, is that your leadership team needs a philosophy. They need a north star. They need uh, their own personal mission uh, engraved in their mind, and they need the corporate mission. And those two need to align. And then, you, you know, you you convert your leadership team. You convert everybody else. And uh, a huge part of that is servant leadership. People tend to fear things they don't understand. And when it comes to business, if they don't understand how to run a business or start a business, they tend to not move into that fog. Unfortunately, what that means is they're limiting themselves. They're thinking that they can't learn how to run a business or maybe that some people just know intuitively how to run a business. They were born that way and they think they weren't born with that understanding. But the reality is learning requires a journey. And without the journey, it's going to be difficult to understand how to run a business. That's one of the reasons that the college system, as far as it it relates to business schools, fail us. It's not necessarily the fault of the university. It's the fault of the timing of the student. When you are 18, 19 years old, you just don't understand why you would need to know this information, and so you tend to forget about it. But once you enter into your professional career, once you start working at a company and try to move up, or you you start a company as an entrepreneur and you try to grow it, suddenly all that stuff that you learned or should have learned in college becomes important. That is why the Business Made Simple podcast and the Business Made Simple book exists. It exists to help you create an inciting incident, to help you start a business or start a career or move up. I wonder how many businesses have not been started or how many careers have not been activated because people didn't want to enter into a fog. They didn't know what they didn't know and so they didn't go. Well, the entrepreneurial journey, the professional journey is no different. Just because you don't exactly know how to do it or exactly know what's gonna come up doesn't mean that you aren't capable of solving problems as they happen. You are, and we are here for you and with you along that journey. Yes, it may be messy, but taking a messy journey to a place you wanna go is a lot better than staying in a place where you are not satisfied. Life is too short for that. Thanks for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. 
And if you're considering becoming a Business Made Simple Certified Coach, you can apply now at CertifiedBusinessCoach.com. And on the flip side, if you want to hire a Business Made Simple Certified Coach, just visit us at HireACoach.com. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or honestly, wherever you listen to podcasts. The Business Made Simple Podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by me, Bobby Richards. It's hosted by Donald Miller and co-hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson and Kula Callahan. Tim Schur is our executive producer, and Melissa Paduzzi and Lindsay Frail are co-producers. Music featured in today's episode is by Jamie Lono, Spirit City, Smokehouse, Daisy Chain, and Red Licorice. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next week. Bye.